And all I want to do is try and create environments for you to find this friend and to get a bit closer in your walk and your relationship with him. And so the handle that we looked at last week of just pulling the door and, and just going into the room is the room called prayer, the room called presence. And I, I didn't get to finish it last week, and so I finished it off this week, and I've added some more things to it because I didn't want you to feel that you were cheated in a 15 or 20-minute talk. Once you get your money's worth today, after all, you're worth it. And so I've uh, put a little more on to what I really wanted to talk about this morning. So just to recap on last week, it's, it's again, it's important that we're not trying to get formula, but we're trying to get the few of God, and we're trying to get the right few of who the Father is. So I don't want you to come up with any formulas, but I want you to get a few of God the Father. And so often we come to God with this, this idea, this image that God is scowling, right? That he's an unhappy God, but really God is smiling when we come into his presence. He loves to connect with us. He loves, God loves us to approach him. He's not scowling, he's smiling. And he's longing just for you and me to show up. If I was to give a title to today's talk, which I never really do, it would be show up. Prayer is showing up. Ephesians 3.12 says, we have boldness through him. Free access as kings before the Father because of our complete confidence in Christ's faithfulness. Not confidence in us, but in, in Christ's faithfulness. It's a good thing to have faithfulness in, or have confidence in Christ. And so it's not a religious obligation by any shape or form. It's a kind of invitation from a friend. That's what prayer is. It's not an obligation, but the kind of invitation from a friend. Prayer is the articulation of friendship. That's what prayer is. It's the articulation of friendship. And so I want today that I pray right now in my heart that the Holy Spirit would warm your hearts to Jesus. Holy Spirit, would you do that? Just warm our hearts to Jesus again and again and again. We want to be friends with Jesus. We want people in this community, broken marriages, broken hearts, and broken dreams, those who have no hope this morning, to be friend of Jesus, to find comfort and hope in him. So today, I'm going to give you some practical points. Please do not use this as methodology or formulas to try and uh, get God to one God over or get what you need from God. It's not that at all. I want to try and just give you some practical points to help you engage with the presence and the person of Jesus Christ. So let me read the ancient scriptures in Matthew 6, 5 to 8. It says, And when you pray... Again, it's assuming that you pray. It's not saying, would you pray, or you should pray. It says, and when you pray, because all of society prays at some times, our, our hearts are wired. Ecclesiastes says that eternity is written in the hearts of men and women. So there's this, and there's this shape in our heart that's made for communication with God. As, as crazy as that sounds, we are wired and we are, we are designed in such a way to communicate with God. And that's why I think that the whole thing about not having friendship or not having a relationship with Jesus is not about when you die and where you go. It's that. But it's more than that. It's friendship with Jesus here on earth. It's communication with God. Your, your heart longs to talk to the Creator, to see His face and to feel His breath. That's what you're wired for. That's what you're designed for. And so it says, when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by men. I tell you the truth, this is Jesus talking. They have received the reward in full. They got it. Well done. Big show, great show. Knock yourself out. That's your reward. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. It's good. And when you pray, 
Do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. This is the word of the Lord. It's absolutely true, and it's given to us in love. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Prayer can be difficult, right? Can we, can we, can we acknowledge that? It can be difficult. I want to just say that right from the outset. I mean, it's like, you know, people say, you know, what do you do to lose weight? We all know what you do. Do you ever watch Absolutely Fabulous? Darling? Yeah? Do you remember that they, they, they used to do all these, like, do you watch it? I don't want to look stupid here. <laughs> Open the door. Handles on the door. There you go. And so, you know, they, French and Saunders, what, what, Patsy and, Patsy and who? Eddie. You know, they were coming up with these new diet pills, and the daughter comes in, she's like just, she's educated and normal, and she just hates just the way they do life. And, and she says to them, you know, Mom, if you just eat less and exercise, you lose weight. And she says, oh, don't be stupid, darling. If it was that easy, everybody would be doing it. And so it is that with prayer and with spirituality and with, with relationship with Jesus, it is about prayer. And, and if it was so easy, we'd all be doing it and we would be having 24-7 prayer seven days a week. But it's hard. It's difficult. And let me just say, as a pastor, as a preacher and a teacher of the ancient scriptures, I find great comfort that the one thing the disciples asked Jesus to teach them was not on church planting or Bible reading or structure, or strategy, or life groups, or worship, or anything else, it was teach us to, to pray. <sighs> Pressure's off. These guys are walking with Jesus. They're seeing the big stuff, the miracles, the signs, and the wonders. And they say to Jesus, hey, could you teach us how to pray? They didn't ask for preaching tips. They understood that the power of the rabbi's mission was, mission was connected with prayer and presence. These guys were aware these guys had self-awareness. They had an awareness so that they knew that the center, at the core of the rabbi's mission, in that was connection with prayer and presence. And so they said, teach us to pray. Isn't that cool? The more you're around Jesus, the more you get his heart, the more you get his vision, the more you get his culture. And Jesus just loved to talk to the Father. He didn't, I was thinking that maybe Jesus wouldn't need to, but he spends time with his Father because he was on mission and he knows that relationship is the center of mission, relationship with God. And I also want to communicate to you very clearly this morning that it's not only relationship with God, but it's also relationship with each other. Vertical, horizontal, always goes hand in hand together in the kingdom of heaven. And so if you want to get the mission of God, if you want to be in the mission of God, if you want to be part of this great tribe called Vineyard Church Dungana, we would encourage you to center yourself in prayer and presence because that will help us endure, to hear, and to cope and to do all that he has asked us to do in this beautiful town. Does that sound like a deal? That's just smart thinking, isn't it? These guys are smart. I mean, all the answers are in the book, so let's just cheat. Let's cheat this morning. So we, prayer can be difficult. And they understood that. But, but if you need any more insurance, let me read this to you. In Romans 8, 26 to 27, it says, okay, in a similar way, you need to back up a few texts if you want to know what he's talking about. The Holy Spirit takes hold of us in our human frailty to empower us in our weakness. For example, at times, we don't even know how to pray. This is Paul talking. That great rabbi, that one who knew the Torah probably by the age of uh, 14 years of age. And to know the Torah means you've got to know the first five books of law off by heart. Forbid him. He's a smart cookie, right? So he says, 
For example, at times we don't even know how to pray or know the best things to ask for. We think we know what they ask for, but sometimes we don't even know the best things they ask for. But the Holy Spirit rises up within us to super intercede, I love that translation, on our behalf, pleading to God with emotional sighs too deep for words. Other translations talk about groans, sighs that are too deep for words. Do you ever come to God and you just don't know what to say? And sometimes the stuff in your heart's so heavy, just like you can't articulate it, you can't put it in the English language. And, and the only thing you, you can do is just let the Holy Spirit go, ah, it's groan size for you. Imagine, you, you never pray alone, by the way. Isn't that cool? And, and I work this out. Our Father, I think that's plural. Okay, we'll let that distill. There's a mate of mine used to say when we were growing up in Derry, he used to think he was a chef before there was TV chefs and he used the word simmer for everything. Pot noodles, all the whole works. God, the searcher of the heart, knows fully our longings. Yet he also understands the desires of the Spirit because the Holy Spirit passionately pleads before God for us, his holy ones, in perfect harmony with God's plan and our destiny. How do you pray? Well, it says when you go into the room, close the door. And that's not about, you know, it's not all about the bedroom, that text. That text is just in light of hypocrisy and show-offness and, and staging it and trying to, make it like the big show, like, hey, look at me, I'm praying and I'm saying big words, right? That's not, what Jesus is saying, you don't need to do that. You can go into your room, close the door. And watch. My point here is prayer. Here's your first point, write this down. Prayer begins with presence. And the presence is you and the Father. Prayer begins by showing up. It's all about showing up. There's a, there's a prayer life that happens with Abraham when he contends with God for two cities, Sodom and Gomorrah. I don't want to go into all that right now. But there was this verse that struck me in Genesis um, 18. The Lord said, The outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great, and their sin is so grievous, that I will go down and see if they have done what they have done is bad as the outcry that has reached me. If not, I will know. The men turned away and they went towards Sodom. Here's what I love. There's just this, this phrase and this verse in the ancient scripture. But Abraham remained standing before the Lord. But Abraham remained standing before the Lord. It's about showing up. It's not about the big words. It's about going somewhere. It's about presence, your presence. And his presence. Connecting, friendship. It's just about showing up. Uh, one time I went to a place called Cantel. It was a beautiful place in Scotland. And it was on a leadership course. And I was wondering what the heck I was doing there. I was along with um, directors and managers of Shell Oil and all this sort of stuff. And so I, I took this notion that this was a beautiful setting. And, and I know I get a bit of stick for doing, not doing the whole outdoorsy stuff and climbing up mountains and all that ridiculous stuff. But I thought the scenery was magnificent here and there was welly bits at the front of every size. So I thought, I'm going to spend time with Jesus. And so I put on the welly boots, size 842. Uh, and uh, I don't know why I told you all that for it, but anyway, just putting it out there. I'm just believing for a new pair. And uh, so... <laughs> as faith preachers do. And, uh, and so I decided I'm going to go for a walk and spend time with Jesus. So off I went, a man of the country as I am. I headed off on to just, I was going to go down by the river, by this beautiful beach and just look up to the mountains and spend time with Jesus. And so I walked past a herd of cows. And I walked past and sort of said, all right, lads, and then kept walking on. And then as I walked on, I noticed that the cows started walking behind me. And I thought, 
I've never experienced anything like this before. So I started walking a wee bit faster, and the cows started walking away. Well, they probably didn't walk a wee bit faster, I guess, here. But anyway, so they started moving a bit faster, and I thought, Frig this. Can you say Frig if you're a pastor? I, I, I said, this is not a good thing. And so I started to run, and the cows started to run. And I'm running, and they're running, and I'm thinking, help me, Jesus. The prayer life just went up, accelerated 100%, and I'm running and running. And there, at the end of it, there was this wee uh, gap, or what would you call it, chuck, or there's probably a landscape name for it, stream part. I jumped over it onto this beach part, and I was nearly going to give them the fingers, but I thought, no, you can't do that because it's not very Christian. And no, I wouldn't do that anyway. And so I got over, and all the cows are standing there, and I'm like, yeah, stuff you. And then... I thought, I have to get back up the field. <laughs> so, this is in the context of prayer. So I had to climb over barbed wire, rip my good trousers. I walked all up through this field. I was absolutely exhausted. And I thought to myself, that was the biggest waste of time. And I felt the father saying, no, it wasn't. We had a laugh. That wasn't the funny part, by the way. That was, a, that was a theological deep truth that sometimes it's just about showing up. It's just about the intention of the heart. I, I just, I connected. You know what? I connected with Jesus that day more than I probably did the rest of the week. I, I heard his voice and I was able to communicate with people about Jesus. And, I, I, and actually, it was really cool. Actually, at the end of the day, I ended up praying with a, a top guy from Shell Oil who was making a decision to move and he didn't know what to do. And I said, hey, I know a guy who might be able to help you. His name is Jesus. Can I pray with you? And he says, absolutely. And sometimes it's not about all the words. And sometimes it's not about having it all together. Sometimes it's just about showing up and spending time with Jesus. Do you know what prayer is? Prayer is just spending time with God. That's what it is. Now, those who know my wife, she likes to talk. And she talks forever in a car. And, and so if we're, which is all good, actually. I love it. But sometimes I don't answer her back. Uh, uh, but you know what I do I love spending time with Michelle in the car while she's talking and just listening to her having a conversation and what I say doesn't really matter in fact it never matters <laughs> to Michelle but I'm serious you know, friendship is, is being in each other's presence and sometimes we make prayer so complicated and, and formulaic and uh, you know it's about it's about enduring it instead of enjoying it it's about getting on your knees and, and sticking it out and, and, and all that but it, oh, it's just about spending time in his presence it's just about showing up it's Abraham stood before the Lord I love the other text in scripture when Joshua son of Nun he, he, when, when Moses goes back to where he's sleeping Joshua son of Nun he spends time in the presence of Jesus now correct me if I'm wrong or shout out loud if, I, if you have the, the answer to this I don't know what he talked about in the tent but I just know that he loved to stay in the presence. And maybe it's just about spending time with your friend Jesus. Maybe it's about showing up and just connecting with him and not trying to come out with any meaningful conversation. Maybe it's just about running away from cows. Maybe it's just about climbing over fences. Maybe it is about just walking and, and just spend time with him in the car and turning off the radio. There's lots of ways where we can connect with Jesus. I fell in love in 1984, Christmas with a girl called Michelle Hassan. We had no big dates, but that Christmas we just got on together. It was our first Christmas where I, where I could honestly say I fell in love. And the reason I fell in love was just we would just spend time together, just connect with each other. 
no planning big things. Just going for a dander, watching TV. Not even saying a lot. And I want to say something that, that, that's been the, the best thing in our marriage. The, the MOT for your marriage is spending time with each other. Intentionally spending time with each other. If it starts off a discipline, let it become a discipline and turn into desire. Uh, this week we do it every year. In January, the first or second week in January, we go away and we spend two nights together. And that's the best thing that you can do for your marriage. What does this to do with prayer, Jason? Spend time with Jesus. You want good friendship? You want healthy friendship? That's the thing to do. Spend time with him. There's some practical things you can do to help you about to be intentional about just getting the, getting things started. For the prayer room, actually, that we just launched, it's, it's, I think it's really, really practical, really helpful, because you get to sign up for an hour, and that's intentional. Uh, and this might sound a bit of a guilt trip, but if you've committed to an hour, sometimes you've got to follow through on it, because you know somebody else needs to leave, right? And you don't want to leave a place open, or, or uh, and you, do, you want to get up there because that person's leaving. I got the wrong time this week. I was raging. But it was there early, not late. But it's just about that. And you might go in, no, you might just go knowing somebody has to leave. That's okay. You're showing up and you're thinking they have to leave. And you go in reluctant. But I want to maybe make a suggestion that you might leave thankful. You might go reluctant, but you will leave thankful. Anybody ever found that in his presence? In his... No, just me. Okay. It's the same with church. I meet people all the time. And, and you know... I'm going to pick on you today. Is that okay? Because we're family and we're friends, so I can do that. I'm your friend. People say to me, that was a really good service this morning. That was, that was brilliant. Jesus was here. And I want to say, he was here last week too. It was a really good service last week too, and Jesus was really here, and it was really good too. And it, it's funny that every time you come, it's a good celebration, and it's good because you can feel Jesus, right? So show up. Ouch. Show up. Be intentional. Go to the prayer room. Stick your name down for an hour. Here's another one. When you go in the car, instead of turning on the radio or your Bluetooth or anything else, just turn it off. Spend time with Jesus. Many people travel to work in the car for more than 10 minutes, for more than five minutes. Right? Everybody, put your hand up. This is, enough's enough. I'm not putting up with this anymore. <laughs> if you drive a car, put your hand up. Thank you. This is the way we're working it from now on because... It's been way too friendly and nice and politically correct around here. What do you see the offer next week? Turn off the radio and just talk to Jesus. The beautiful thing about the modern age is everybody thinks you're talking on your phone. Before that, I remember talking and people looking at me. And then before, I sort of lied when I was praying. Before I had a phone, I used to let on I was talking on a phone. <laughs> but I hadn't got a phone. But I, I think that's okay. Was that legal? I don't know. Set your phone. Having phones are ringing all the time and going off. The thing I've done recently is I say the Lord's Prayer every day at 12 o'clock. Except for Sundays. Because it's sort of awkward when I'm talking to you and then stopping and doing all that there sort of thing. One Sunday it did go off. But anyway, I do that every day and it just centers me again in the Lord's Prayer. Not the formula of it, but just, I'm just, you know, you're saying some words on a daily basis like, forgive me my trespasses as I forgive those who trespass against, as I forgive those who trespass against me. 
God, lead me not into temptation today. And, and you're starting off with our Father. You're just centering yourself on God at noon every day. God, you're my Father. Yeah, the day's crazy, but hey, you're still on the throne. You're still my Father. Let your kingdom come. Your will be done. It's a good thing, good habit to do. I'd recommend that to you. Again, don't let it become formula to you, but set your phone every day, 12 o'clock, and just put Lord's Prayer. And you know what? It's, even if you're meeting people, just sort of say it. Well, don't lie. Just sort of dander off and just don't take a minute or two to say it. Just excuse yourself and say the Lord's Prayer. Some other things is just get in a place. Some people, I'm just, I, I, I'm one of those people that's just affected by environment. So, you know, I, I do struggle a little bit with depression, not as much as I used to. Um, medication does help. Um, but winter time, the dark nights, I, I need to do stuff that help my mood. So we light candles now in our house and we light the fire and we lean into that hibernation season and we read a bit more and we make the, the living room a bit more cozy and, and Diane Cummins one year it was a, the best present we could ever got it was a God thing she bought us a nice big fluffy blanket and we lean into winter we find a space and, and so if an environment affects you then find a space where where you can sense Jesus where you can connect with God you know uh, not to get weird on it but there's some settings that just help you, visually help you to connect with Jesus, right? There's some things that help the environment where you, so f maybe find a chair, find a room, go into your bedroom. Some people do go into the bedroom, close the door and speak to their father who's unseen and then the father who's unseen re rewards them openly and that's a good thing and, because they just don't want to be interrupted and they, they just want it that time, that slot. So whatever works for you and, and do you know what? And, and, and I've been guilty of it. In my sort of youthful days growing up, you know, you'd slag off chapels and churches and cathedrals and all that there, but Maybe they're just spaces. Well, they are just spaces, but maybe they're, they're great spaces for people to connect with Jesus. Maybe it just helps them. Maybe it just helps them. That's why we've got a prayer room and we're trying to keep it open on a Tuesday. I love to keep it open every day so that you could go in, find a space, pull up a chair, and talk to your friend Jesus because prayer is, is the articulation of friendship. It's showing up. Does any of this make sense? Is any of this helpful for you? So it's a private space where you won't be just disturbed. It could be in the car. It could be on your phone. Just find a special chair in your room. Go to a, a part, of your, part of your house that you, you just love being in. For us, it's the kitchen. Do whatever you need to do. The, Michelle did a thing this. She stole a chair off Caleb, his reading chair, and she put it down in the kitchen right, look in the window, and it's a great space. Find a space. Find a place. If it helps you to connect with your friendship with Jesus, then do it. I hope that it is so helpful. Yo, time is flying by. You having fun? Your father will reward you. There's something I never caught before in what Jesus is teaching us here, and it's when we go and pray. When you get to the secret place, your father sees that. He actually sees that. See, what a thought. What a thought. The God of heaven, the God of the universe. I don't know if you believe this or not. Maybe you need some faith for this. I did it at the start. You, you need a little faith for this here, that what Jesus actually says, that the God of the universe, the one who created heaven and earth, the stars, the one who puts them into space, the one who, who puts the hailstones in and, and shovels up the snow and, and seasons, the one who does all that sort of thing, this God of the universe is our Father, and he sees you. That's to me, is the reward. To be seen by God. To be known by God. One of the epidemics of our society today, I keep saying that we're, we're highly um, sociable, but we're lacking relationship. We're so highly sociable, and we're so deprived of relationship. We're anemic when it comes to relationship. 
rich in social media, but anemic in relationship. And so, the Father wants to connect with you, and he, and, and he sees you. This God of the universe stops, and he sees, and he knows you. And the epidemic, sorry, I didn't finish it off. The epidemic in our society is loneliness. People feel forgotten. The number one thing that came from the hampers this year, 600 and whatever hampers that we give out this year, phenomenal uh, resource to our community, and, and I love what you do, and I, Annette's always remember that and celebrate this. Just not just move on to the next thing. Let's highlight some of the great things that's happened in our hearts and in our homes and in our town. And that was a beautiful thing, but the thing, the resounding thing that came back this year wasn't so much the resource, but the thing that came back, the constant, was that people felt remembered. People felt that they were seen and that somebody knew and somebody came and somebody loved. And it's so it is with us. The times you can feel lonely, the times you can feel, God, what's happening in my world? I want to say the best reward for you is to know that God sees and he cares and he stops. When you stop, he stops. It tilts my head, but I love it. He stops, you stop. What a fantastic byproduct too that he rewards us. That's the reward for me is that God sees, but there's other rewards too that, that my day starts... The other reward is that your, your day has more confidence. You're going to have more confidence in that God's with you. Even just in the obstacles of life and the meetings and the, the pressures of family or work or whatever it is, commitments and all that stuff, that, that you have a confidence that God is with you. He sees, he knows, and if you stop and pray, he sees and he knows, and that gives you great confidence to live your life out in the everyday ordinary, doesn't it? Time alone with God expresses your dependence on him. It has to. Do you hear me? Give us today, my daily, give us today daily bread. What is that? Dependence. Give us today, the actual Greek translation says, give us today tomorrow's bread. It means that we taste the power of the future age, the kingdom of God, all the, the resources of heaven that we can taste today. It's a beautiful verse, maybe it's a bit, does that make sense to you? Do you need me to explain it a bit more? The kingdom of heaven is God's resources. It's a king, he's a domain. He's got a kingdom, rule and reign. And that text actually means that give us tomorrow's bread means that we taste the future age when he's coming back and he gives all things. There's no more death, there's no more pain, there's no more sorrow, there's joy, there's peace, there's all that. So we get, we're asking God, God, can we, have a, can we have a slice of that today? Does that make sense? Good. Can I have a slice of that today? Can I have some of that cake? Can I have some of that bread today? God, I need you. I'm dependent on you. I need some joy. I need some peace. I need some, I need some money. I need some wisdom. I need some friendship. I need some... Help, could you send and release heaven today? The future age, did it break into my present age? And so it's dependence on God. You see, it's a crime for us to pray and think nothing will happen. That's a crime in my book. I keep, I'm drawn to this side of the room. I should talk to you guys. Do you feel neglected? Are you okay? You guys are just more stunning, and, and I feel a bit under pressure. Look, Jamie, you're intimidating me sitting in the front row. Don't do that again. You never do that. And then you do it this week. It's a crime for us to think that nothing will happen, to pray and think nothing will happen. You know, prayer is simply, and I don't want it to sound like a, like a technical thing, but prayer is giving input for the outcome. That's what it is. You and I are summoned to a private world and a public prayer, which is deep and intimate, but it's bold and it's focused. And I just want to... There's another part of this conversation I want to try and get to today, but we're not going to get it for time's sake. But I'm going to try and finish up with this part. It's that. When you're summoned in the private world, God often takes you into a public world. 
Prayer is deep and it is intimate, but it's also bold and it's very focused. And what I mean by that is that King David has, has much to teach us, right? And how he stewarded the presence of God, how he stewards the presence of God. We read from the stories from childhood, he killed the lion and the bear and kills the giant, right? But a lot of stuff he does as a boy and he does it when son's seen and God is with him. He kills, doesn't he kill a bear in a pit on a snowy day? Or is it a lion? He kills a lion in a pit on a snowy day. We forget about that sort of stuff, don't we? There's lots of unseen stuff, but then all of a sudden his private battles, then he's made, is seen in his public victories. Do you remember that? The private battles will lead us into our public victories. Where there's presence, where there's intimacy. How does that work? I don't know. But he goes from there to kill the giant Goliath in front of two nations. In front of two nations. And they start to sing songs about him. God's calling us to get some private victories vineyard. I think that's the word of the Lord. God is calling us to get some private victories. For you personally, for your life, you maybe need to get some private victories. What is it that you need to go to God with this week? Today, tonight, this afternoon. What is the, the private, what is the private battles that you need to get on with today? What is the what is those places where God has called us to do and just to, to fight for them? What are those things? Go to the secret place, take a stand to get up close and personal with God, to, to develop friendship. Stewarding the presence happens in the secret. I have no doubt that there are people coming our way who are looking to, for divine solutions. Because the Father longs to pour out divine generosity, so therefore there will be people in our community who are looking for divine solutions. They're looking for their marriages saved. They're looking for their friendships restored. They're looking for their mental stability to be healed. They're looking for help. They're, 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 they're craving. They're lonely. They're, they, they need Jesus in their life, and they just don't know what the antidote is. But we have the antidote for this, for this illness of depression and loneliness and sickness and disease and and hurt, and, and uh, unforgiveness, and bitterness, and all that. We have the solution for that. And when we have the solution, we, God will bring people our way. But it doesn't happen in the public. The presence of God always happens in the secret. It happens in the, in the inside. And when it happens in the inside, then God will give us some, I believe, without being arrogant, some public victories. Because it's His fame, and it's His name that gets the glory. We stirred the presence of God, the power of the Spirit on Pentecost. Remember that? The power of the Spirit on Pentecost wasn't so much about the experience and the manifestations, but the effect that it had from that day on in cities, and it came from an upper room. It came from an upper room in time of prayer, in time of intimacy. And so I would say to you that secret intimacy with Jesus is actually risky. It's exciting. It's bold. It's adventurous. It's focused. I've no doubt that as we go before him with no one else watching, maybe we go into that prayer room and it's cold on a February morning or January morning or whatever it is, the 30th this week, we're open again. So when we go in there, we go in there in, in just intimacy and with no one else looking. And I have no doubt that when no one else watches, God's going to lead it to breakthrough in the public spaces, in the public square, and in the lives of many other people we've yet to, to meet. Would you believe that for me? Please believe that for me. 
It's all about Jesus. It's all about his presence. It's all about, you know, it started in the garden. But we're on a road to a city. A city where there's no more tears, no more sorrow, no more death, no more pain. Started in intimacy for the few. God's taken us on a journey to the many, to his city. And it's all about his presence. It's all about his friendship. It's all about Jesus, as simple as that sounds. Show up. Would you show up? Find a chair. Find a place. Find a space. Set your phone. Book a slot. Just show up. Take a walk. Run around with cows. Do whatever you need to do. He loves you to come into his presence. Prayer is the articulation of friendship. Prayer is the articulation of friendship. Prayer is being with God. Let's stand. Could we worship? Is there a, anybody please? I'm sure I could do three chords, couldn't I? Thought that would get somebody quicker. There he is, he's running. Chairs out of the way, knocking children out of the way. Stop that man. Let's just create a space here in this shed for your friend to meet you, for Jesus to come. And, and uh, what I want you to do is just, uh, I just want you to pause, and I just want you to go to him today with the big stuff. Whatever's on your heart, whatever's on your mind. And guys, you don't need to have the right words. You don't need to have any really good form of articulation. Sure, your friend's your friend, isn't it? Do you have some friends that you just haven't a clue what they're saying? And you love them? Am I one? <laughs> Seriously, I don't really think God. Here comes the heresy. I kid you. I don't really know if God cares what we say a lot of the times. I just think he loves show you showing up. Any dads in the room? Mums? Hey, you love your kids just showing up. It's not really about the conversation, but yeah. My mother used to trick me. She used to cut my hair. It was dreadful. The haircut was dreadful. You'd have loved it. But you know, in those times when, when I just sat there in a chair, it was just about me and her connecting because we didn't, didn't talk all the time. I just loved to run the streets and play with the police and community relations and do all that sort of stuff during the 70s and 80s. But those were mo she was tricking me. It wasn't about the conversation. It was about presence and her son. And I, Maybe God just wants you to sit down. In fact, let's sit down. Give me five. Will you give me five? Give yourself five. If you need to go honestly, it's, there's no, no pressure. We're actually, we're done those sort of singing announcements and talk part. But let's just, let's just sit and invite Jesus to come. And if you have to say something to him, do that. Sorry, I, I think I gave you the wrong steer.
You don't need to go to him with the big stuff. Just go to him with the small stuff too. Just say hello. Jesus, come. Holy Spirit, come. Just talk to your friend. Just get close to your friend again and allow him to warm your heart again and get intoxicated with Jesus. Do you want to pray, play something and maybe just give words for people to sing along to? It would be helpful if we give you some words to pray with. Talk to your friend. Songs or prayers. We'll do that. If you just want to talk to Jesus in your way, you can.
go along with what Jesus has been saying is we need to walk into his room as well. Sometimes we're waiting for God to do something special without us even trying, but especially when the space is there for us with the prayer room and all these things, we need to go to him as well as him come towards us. and worship him and tell him this we love you and we'll never stop your prayers to him now. never been to a prayer meeting you can now say about showing up and just stopping and pausing intentionally connecting with Jesus so if you've never been to a prayer meeting now you have this is what it looks like and uh, my hope and my prayer for you is that this would be the beginning of intimacy again of connection again and it's as simple as this it's really as simple as this show up Speak to him. Converse with your friend. Keep it simple. Keep it real. Keep it up. Keep it going. He's good, isn't he? And you stand, I want to just pray over you. One of the other